Well, thank you so much for having us here. It's always wonderful to come and be with you. And very exciting to hear all the places that everybody has come from because I wanted just to read a little bit out of um, one of Eugene Peterson's books, Reverse Thunder, talking about the people of God uh, as they gather. We are persons who dare to live by the great invisibles of grace, who accept forgiveness, who believe promises, who pray, who daily and dangerously decide to live by faith and not by works, in hope and not in despair, by love and not by hate. And here we are gathered and we're going to share in the communion. So I've picked the reading that I thought just spoke to me so strongly about communion. And it's um, from Luke 24, it's the road to Emmaus. So I'm reading from the message and it's verse 13 it starts at. So that's Luke 24, the road to Emmaus. That same day, two of them were walking to the village Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. They were deep in conversation, going over all these things that had happened. In the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, What's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? They just stood there, long-faced, as if they'd lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during the last few days? He said, What has happened? They said, The things that happened to Jesus, the Nazarene. He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in word and work, blessed by both God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death and crucified him. And we had our hopes that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it's now the third day since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning, they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with a story that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the woman said, but they didn't see Jesus. Then he said to them, so thick-headed, so slow-hearted. Why can't you simply believe all that the prophets said? Don't you see that these things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory? Then he started at the beginning with the books of Moses and went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. He acted as if he was going on, but they pressed him, 
Stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them. And here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them. Taking the bread, he blessed and broke and gave it to them. At that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him. And then he disappeared. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful story. That to me just spoke so much about communion. Here we have the disciples going along the road. And they are totally concentrated in their minds with their confusion, with their disappointment, with their fears, and with their grief. They're going over and over together the events that have happened. And their minds are full of this, their bodies are full of the tension of it, and their spirits are dulled because of these happenings. And because of this, they're not able to recognize Jesus. And I just thought, when I was reading, reading this, we're always on the road to Emmaus, aren't we? We're walking along, and in our minds, there are the worries about ourselves, about the future, about our loved ones and what will happen to them. We look back and we have losses and griefs that we dwell on. We fret about decisions we have to make. And our minds are full. And we do go round and round, don't we? As the disciples did, going over all these things. Or else another thought, as those who try to follow Jesus, we labor under the belief that God is anxiously dependent on us to save the world, which is extremely wearying and burdensome. So we too are on the road to Emmaus. And you notice in that story, it took time for the disciples to begin to be conscious of Jesus' presence. It took quite a long time as they spoke to him and he spoke to them until they could finally begin to hear his voice and at last to see him. But it took time. And I think for us too, it takes time. As we gather together, it takes time. So what we want to do is really pause before we come and share the bread and wine to really unclutter our minds of all the bits and pieces that are flying around, to relax our bodies, and to be open in our spirits to receive his spirit. And that takes a little time. And I think Jesus says to us exactly what he said to his disciples as he walked with them. What is bothering you? And he comes alongside us and he wants us to talk to him just exactly the same as that story that we heard. He walks with us. He wants us to talk. What is bothering you? He deeply cares about every little bit of our lives 
the big things and the little things, the long ago things that we still remember, the things that have just happened, the worries about the future. He cares about all these things. So I thought it would be good for us to have a silence that we can talk to Jesus, which is what he wants from us. Just tell him what it is particularly that's going around in your mind. What worries? Who are you worrying about? Anything at all. A guiltiness that you have, a sorrow. He wants to hear it. So let's take just a few minutes of silence to talk to him, just you and him. Let's do that. Now as we have talked to Jesus and told him what's on our minds, we want to now lay that down and leave it with him. And we turn now to trusting him. Just trusting him to hold that, what we've told him. And there are so many stories in the Bible about worrying, about anxious things, like the time that the disciples were in the boat and they were terrified of the storm. They worried that they were going to drown. They were anxious that there wasn't going to be enough bread to feed people. They were fretting because they couldn't catch fish all night long. And Jesus was there, came to be beside them, he calmed the storm. He provided the bread. He guided them how to catch the fish. And actually, even when they got to shore, he'd already got fish and he'd already cooked the fish. It was all in hand. He had it all in hand. So as we draw near to him in communion, first of all, we trust that he is here We trust that he will speak to us about the conversation that we've had with him. That he has in his hands whatever is needed. And we believe that he is the bread of life and that he will nourish us. Amen. Um, we're going to share communion in just a moment, but just as Rosen was speaking, it came to my mind that there is a lot of story about the road to Emmaus, yeah, but very few people know about the road from Emmaus. And about 179 BC, I think it was, there was an uprising, and of course the Jewish people were always looking for a Messiah to come. Judas Maccabeus and his brothers started one. And it was wonderful. They got all the way to the temple in Jerusalem and they won it back against the Persian Empire. And some of you will know the story of Hanukkah in the Jewish tradition where they have special festival of lights around about the time we have Christmas. Well, they got to the temple and they found that they had to light the lights and it had to be there for eight days, but they had only oil for one day. So they prayed and the miracle happened. They had light for eight days. 
and the temples were cut. And everyone thought at that time, wonderful, we've got a Messiah, a Savior, he's come and put us back in place. That was the road actually from Emmaus. And we all know the story, it wasn't long after that the Romans came in, smashed the whole thing, put puppet government in place, and people were really, really upset. And then we heard the story about what happened. The story of the road to Emmaus where everything's turned on its head. The idea of a saviour as a person who's coming by force to win back the temple is turned into a servant saviour who's come to share in a special way with a meal, bread and wine, and release a kingdom, not just for the Jewish people, but for the whole world. So that's the road from Emmaus.